Welcome to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. I am Albert Shivers, and this is part two of NASCAR Save My Life, a little mini-series within the Planet Shivers podcast. This episode is going to be about my favorite hobby shop, Marshall's Hilltop Hobbies in Honesdale, and a Pan-African go-kart. But before I get to all that, I just want to do a little plug here. Uh, in case you liked the first episode of this series and are interested in racing at all, you could check out one of my Instagram pages, which is at NASCAR Pulp. That is NASCAR underscore Pulp on Instagram. My other Instagram is at Albert Shivers, where my art and the podcast is. You can see all sorts of cool NASCAR and other forms of racing videos and photos on the page. I came up with the idea for this particular page because in the last decade or so, NASCAR has made a lot of effort to become very, very, very family friendly and attractive to kids. And there's nothing wrong with that and that's a good thing because kids are the future fans. But every once in a while, you just want to puke. So I just insert a little adult into NASCAR and other motorsports 
with the grit, speed, and sleaze. That's the catchphrase of the page. So go check that out on Instagram at NASCAR underscore pulp. Also, if you didn't listen to part one of this little mini-series, you might want to go back and listen to it. It might fill in some gaps in this episode. I may reference things from that first episode. I'll try to let you know if it was something that appeared in the or you heard in the first episode but I might just get on a roll and forget to remind you that it was something we talked about earlier so if you did not listen to part one go check out part one we are going to get into part two after these messages come and eat at Alberta's Pizzeria the only place for authentic Italian Jewish cuisine Home of the only Grandma Yetta Pie. The best kosher pie this side of the wedding wall. Plus, we cater birthdays, sweet 16, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, baptisms for the goys, and we offer free sausage topping for any bris. Alberta's Pizzeria. Pizza you'll want to eat everywhere. Alright, folks, let's get into it. So, I mentioned in the first part that one thing that started all this racing interest in me was my mother bringing me to a monster truck show at Nassau Coliseum on Long Island. So not too long after this monster truck show, as I was exploring different forms of racing, I started to bug my father to get me an RC car. And he presented me two options. He said, well, We can either go to Kmart and get you one there, or you're old enough now, you're more responsible now, maybe we can go to a hobby shop and get a hobby-grade RC car. And that sounded good to me. I remember we went to Kmart, and I didn't see anything that I was really into. I was in monster truck mode. That's what I wanted. We went to Marshall's Hilltop Hobbies in Honesdale, PA, one of the best hobby shops, in my opinion, uh, in the area, if not on the East Coast. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of great ones, but if you really want to get into RC cars, that's where I would tell you to go if you're around that area. Again, they're near Honesdale. Technically, it's Beach Lake, but it's neither here nor there. We go to Marshall's Hilltop Hobbies, meet Bill and Dot. And end up buying a Traxxas Stampede, which is a monster truck of sorts of the time. It was a very popular beginner's monster truck. And they also told us that they held races there. They had an indoor carpet track, which is very popular in RC car racing. And they had an outdoor paved track. And at the time, they had an outdoor dirt track that no longer exists. I am very happy to say that I've raced on all three of those tracks at Marshall's. I wasn't too into doing the racing thing. I just wanted the monster truck and go home and try it. So we get this stampede and a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months go by. I get this bug to start racing there. So we go there. My father brings me and we start to race. Now, I only got to race my RC cars every other weekend because that's when I was at my father's house and up until this point 
Um, my father and I did stuff together, but we never really had a thing that we did together. That father-son bonding kind of crap. We never had that. And this was the beginning of it, We honestly. It was something that we were able to do. There were a lot of other fathers and sons there. A lot of families went to Marshalls to race on Saturday nights and Sunday afternoons. We go. I join the novice truck class. There's novice truck and novice car at the time. I joined novice truck. Ah, here's the problem though. All the other... Um, kids basically in novice truck all had a different kind of vehicle than I had. They had what's called the stadium truck, which is a lot lower to the ground, handles a lot better, and um, it, the, the wheels are out alongside of it. It almost looks like a Baja buggy almost. And here I am in a monster truck that cannot make the turns. The first couple of races I ran... I was doing wheel, not like, I was popping up on two wheels to get around the corners. And while it was showy, it was not fast. So in all forms of racing, from the top to the bottom, ingenuity comes into play. You got to be ingenuitive. So we decide, my father and I decide to tie wrap the suspension down as far as we possibly could. To bring the chassis of this truck and the center of gravity as low to the ground as possible. Alright? So, with that, and a brand new 1600 spec battery, because um, the Stampede was electric. So, with the lower suspension and a little a nice beefy battery, I started mopping the floor. Um, ended up winning every novice truck race I ran that, that year. Um, I didn't win the points championship because I was only racing every other weekend. But hoo-hoo when I showed up. And the best thing about it was I had made a body out of a, a buggy body for the Stampede. But I painted it green and made it all look like an alligator. So not only am I like whipping around the track in this lowered monster truck, but I got this crazy alligator body on top of it just to add a little extra pizzazz to the truck before you know it i was ready to move up until the next class which was spec car and i'm going to get back to that in a second wvfw brooklyn while i'm climbing up the ranks at marshall's hilltop hobbies my mother's boyfriend buys me a go-kart it was a little small for me. They ended up having to unweld the seat and move it all the way back against the engine and put in an extra buffer between me and the engine so I wouldn't burn my back. But it was awesome. I had something I could tear ass with. So I was excited. The whole the go-kart had like a, a Lexan body in the front of it, which was all black. And I wanted to paint it. So somehow I got my hands on red and green paint because red, black, and green were the colors of my favorite NASCAR driven by Bobby Labonte, the interstate battery car. I referenced that in the first episode. Go and check it out. So I paint this go-kart red, black, and green, and I'm all excited because it's my the colors of my favorite NASCAR. My mother comes out and looks at it, and says, you know, you know what those colors are in that order? Because I even had the order down right. 
you know what those colors are in that order? I was, I was like, no. They're Bobby the Body's colors. What do you mean, what colors are they? They're his colors. And she goes to me, you know, those are the colors of the Pan-African flag. Is that cool on your go-kart? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't care. It's Bobby the Bonnie's colors, too. So it didn't even phase me. So they, they started to bring me down to the IS-61, which was my intermediate school. But they had a big, big um, courtyard, playground kind of thing, all paved. Basketball hoops, uh, handball wall, the whole bit. But they used to bring me down there on weekdays after school, like later in the day, like dusk, or weekends around the schoolyard and boy it was fun i wasn't allowed to let anybody drive it except for my friend patrick who by this point i had already dragged in to enjoying nascar with me he was my first my first real victim of dragging somebody into nascar and having them enjoy it and he would watch the races with me more often than not on the weekends when he would come over we would either we'd watch the race and play video games at the same time, or we'd watch the race and do something. Um, at that age, you'd, I didn't have the the sit. I still can barely sit still, but I didn't. Ha- I was even worse in that department to sit there for four hours and watch the whole race. Although when I was alone, I would do it happily. But when a friend is over, you want to do things. Anyway, man, I had so much fun in that thing, and eventually. I was not only racing with my dad, but I was racing at home on Staten Island. But I want to jump back to Marshalls now. I kicked everybody's ass with this lowered monster truck, and it's time for me to move up the ranks. I get into what's called spec car, which is very, very similar to a NASCAR, the way that they look. Spec means that all the parts are the same. It's a very level playing field. Everybody had to use the same battery. These cars were electric as well. The same battery, the same chassis, the same engines. The only thing you had wiggle room on is you could mess with your tires and you could mess with the chassis in terms of its suspension. Spec cars didn't have individual suspension on each wheel like the Stampede did. A spec car kind of twisted in the middle. The chassis was built to twist in the middle And that was your suspension. That's how the car gave. Those G-forces when that car gripped into the corner, that chassis would twist a little and you could control that and that could help your handling. But you don't want it to twist too much because then the car can get bogged down in the center of the corner and you're not holding as much corner speed. And you need as much speed as possible. It's racing. So I get into spec car. I do somewhat well. Um, these were bigger guns and I ended up be winning a lot of B mains and eventually placing in A mains, but I was only doing it every other weekend in the future. When I would end up living at my father's house, I started racing every week doing spec cars and legend cars, which are very similar to spec cars. The chassis is a little bit different. But the bodies resemble old-fashioned coupes of the 30s and 40s, kind of like gangster cars. And you could paint them up any way you want. And I ended up winning a lot of races with the Legends, taking home some trophies. And it was cool. And the main point of this all was all these years of doing this, 
my father and I had found something to spend time with. We There's a lot of similarities between us, but we are not exactly the same. Uh, my father grew up a carpenter and a father who pushed him very hard. So he's a very hands-on, working kind of guy, and I'm over here being all artsy. These artsy cars kind of gave us some common ground, and he and I looked forward to it every time we went up there. Now let's jump back to Staten Island. I'm doing good enough tearing ass around the IS-61 schoolyard that my mother's boyfriend decides that I should try to race a couple of times. So there were these go-kart tracks on Staten Island where you could bring your own as long as it wasn't too crazy souped up and you could also use the carts that were there. So it's a very long explanation, but that's the way it worked. And I end up in a race, and Patrick was in the race too, and he was in one of their go-karts. And it was fast. It was almost unfairly fast. So what they did was they put him, they made him start in the back. So he was shotgun on the field, and I was towards the front. This was my favorite race that I had done in this short period of time. I'm in the front. I wiggle my way into first place, but I know that I'm too slow. I know that there's no way that I'm going to be able to hold this position unless I just block everybody. And if you block too much, you're asking to get wrecked. You're asking to just get punted out of the way. But I held everybody up long enough knowing that Patrick had a quicker car than me that he would eventually catch me if I kind of played Dale Earnhardt in 2001 kind of blocking everybody, which he did. Michael Waltrip won the race. But that's besides the point. You're getting me off topic. So I'm blocking. I'm keeping a couple of snotty kids behind me. And I can see, I finally get to the point where I can see Patrick behind me and he's got me. So I know he's quicker and I don't want to hold him up because then he'll be the one who might get wrecked by all the hungry hounds behind us. So... I, in one corner, I like very sneakily point him to the inside. Point down to the inside of the track. The next corner, I drift up just a skosh to give him just enough room to scoop past me. And I shoot down back into second. And we finish 1-2. My favorite second place finish that I ever had. The only good second place finish, really, because second sucks. Not too long after that... I was practicing in the go-kart back at the IS-61 schoolyard. I hit a drainage ditch. It was a small round drainage ditch, probably about an 8-inch diameter of the thing. I knew it was there. I don't know how exactly I misjudged. I had whizzed around this ditch many times. I misjudged the ditch, hit it. It sent the go-kart up and sideways. And I kind of crashed onto my shoulder and my head. Now, I always did wear a helmet. But it was just like a brain bucket helmet. It wasn't a full face helmet. I crashed land. My mother freaked out. And that is when I got the new NASCAR game for PlayStation 2. Not because I was hurt and it was a pity gift. But because my mother felt much happier with me racing on the couch than racing in this go-kart. After that, I just, it kind of took the wind out of my sails because I wasn't allowed to do it as much. 
and slowly I grew out of the go-kart. It was kind of small for me to begin with. That was kind of the end of that. Um, I always thought about what it would have been like to continue racing myself, but on the other hand, I was still racing the RC cars, and it all was going well. I ended up winning the points for the Legend cars on the Pavement Summer Series. That was a big thrill. I I look back on it real fondly. I got a little bit back into racing last year in the winter, doing the Legends, but the thing about it is you step out of it for a number of years, which I did, and you step back in. It's almost like being a gamer. Everything is updated. The technology has has gone leaps and bounds. And you're going to have to put down some cash if you're going to try to win. They say in racing, cash is fast. Going back, I was a third to fifth place car in a field of about eight, seven or eight. I was a mid-pack car because I just had been away from it. I My driving came back very easily to me, but the technology had changed. And a lot of other things had changed and the approach had changed. And I had to do catch up and, you know, you, I kind of hit my limit of how much I was willing to spend on this. Because now there's so many other things going on in my life that I need to pay attention to. I can't pour all my pennies into RC car racing at this point. But I really do love it. And I would encourage all of you, if you're in the Northeast Pennsylvania or upstate New York area, Go to Marshall's Hilltop Hobbies in Beach Lake. I want to end this podcast with my favorite RC car racing story, which is not even a story of me racing. After a while, when my father and I go into Marshall's, my father decides he wants to start racing. So at this point, I was pretty established in the spec series, and I had a couple of extra spec chassis by this point. You could run a spec chassis in novice car at the time. So my father took one of my old spec cars, put a novice motor in it, put all the novice electronics in it, and joined the novice class. Here's the funny thing, though. At the time, my father's probably in his late 40s, early 50s, but probably closer to late 40s. And all the other people in the novice group are little kids. No older than 12. So you have about six 12-year-olds and my father. And he was he was good. You know, it takes... It's it's different. It's not like driving a car. It's not like it was driving that go-kart. You're in a go-kart. You're in a car. You're in anything. It's a seat-of-the-pants feel. Your body feels what's happening in that vehicle. And you adjust to it. Or you, you work at it. But with an RC car, you got it's all in the eyes. And your eyes have to look at the car and translate what that car is doing to your hands. So it's not the same as actually driving. And it takes a little more time to get the knack of it. And eventually, he did get the knack of it. And became a decent novice car driver. But this one night, Bill, the owner of the store and who used to run all the electronics for the races... Um, For the electric car races, their races ran for about four to five minutes was the length of a race. Because if you went much longer, your battery would start to give up. So these races were timed. 
Whoever was the leader, when the time ran out, crossed the finish line, that's who won, and it placed everybody else behind that. So my father's running, and he's a couple of laps down, because there was two or three kids who were really good and really fast. I don't remember his last name, but there was a little boy named Braden who mopped the floor with everybody. He was real good, not like natural. It was unbelievable to watch him go. And at the time, he was in Novice Car 2, so there was no beating him. I would have had a problem beating Braden. So my father's a couple of laps down, but not many. And Bill calls the race to be over early. And for whatever reason, everybody hears him but my father, who continues to tool around the racetrack. By the time Bill realizes his mistake, he goes, oh, geez, no, wait, the, the race isn't over. It, it's, it's still going. As he's figuring that out, my father makes up both, because everybody else pulled in. They pulled to the side. They thought the race was over. And my father's still out there making laps. He made up two laps that he was down, two or three laps that he was down, then came around, got the lead, and lapped the field again. So he basically made up four laps while this problem was going on and by the time bill realizes it and says it it's the race has really ended and big al won this race that was the only race my father won and it's my favorite race and it made me feel looking back on it i didn't think of this at the time but it made me feel how he must have felt when I was racing, when I did well, because I was more proud of him than I was any of the races that I had done well in. But I felt better than any race I won watching him win that race, even if he kind of backed into it. It's still my favorite race from Marshalls that I watched or was a part of because my father was kind of my crew guy at these races. He would help me with the mechanics of the car and he'd cheer me on from the side. So it was a total reversal of roles. Now, I was the one giving him pointers as the driver and helping him work on the car and cheering him on from the side. The whole point to this episode and the episode prior was that I got into NASCAR and it flourished out all these rabbit holes and, and tendrils popped out of other things in my life that brought me closer to... Both my parents, we talked about Dr. Earnhardt in episode one of this series, and now we're talking about RC car racing with my father, and it brought us closer together. We still think fondly about those times, and who knows, you can't say what would or wouldn't have happened, but I believe that my relationship with him is a lot better, maybe, who knows, but it's so good and had I not gotten into NASCAR initially, I never would have had an interest in racing RC cars. I never would have had an interest in racing go-karts. It all stems back from these 43 guys at the time going around in circles. Also, I got a little taste of racing, even though it was a little smidget of go-kart racing and getting that feel. I don't fault my mother for cutting it short. I totally understand it, and maybe one day I'll give it another shot. On the next part of this series, I'm going to talk to you guys about my first ever NASCAR race and all the fun that ensued with that. 
My father brought me to Pocono Raceway in 2004. I got to see all my favorite drivers race. I got to see an interesting driver change, which is very rare in NASCAR, as well as sneaking into the pits when I wasn't supposed to be there, based on a shirt my mother had bought me. So that is going to be part three of NASCAR Saved My Life. I appreciate you listening to part two. Again, I hate to bother you, but if you didn't listen to part one, go check it out. And go to my Instagram page, at NASCAR Pulp. That's at sign NASCAR underscore Pulp. You can catch up on what I'm doing with art and other podcasts on my other Instagram page, at Albert Shivers. And... You can check out other things I'm doing at www.albertshivers.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. There are some really cool guests coming up as well. I got a lot of episodes coming for you. I know it was a big break between the last one and this one, but I hope you enjoyed it. And till next time, take care of yourself and take care of somebody else.